So Brian John Marie is leaving Tennessee to go back to Michigan, and this is a much bigger loss than most would expect. I'll tell you why here on a Friday, Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good Friday morning, everybody. Welcome to the weekend and welcome to Locked On Balls. I'm Eric Hang. Glad to have you guys here with me today, listening, watching for free, downloading wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, subscribing and following along for free on the Locked On Balls YouTube channel. Uh, got a fun show coming up today. Really, really fun show, and I can't wait to get into it. Do want to give a quick shout out to FanDuel, where you can make every moment more over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, yeah, I got a fun show. Of course, we're going to talk about some not so fun news. Brian John Marie, he does indeed take the job at Michigan and I'll give you some more details. We had a conversation about how this might happen on yesterday's show, but it is official. Uh, we'll get into that here in a matter of moments. Uh, the NCAA football game 2025 released its trailer. It's officially coming back this summer. And so I thought it'd be fun to go through and say, all right, which Tennessee players would have the highest ratings? That's coming up in segment number two, and then some names to know in college baseball from Saturday down south. A couple Tennessee volunteers are on that list, and of course, Tennessee baseball kicking off the season this weekend at the Shriners Children's Collegiate Showcase down in Arlington, Texas. I'm going to be there, and I can't wait for that. So, Brian John Marie, he makes it official. He does take the job at Michigan, all right? And again, when I was doing the show yesterday and I was talking about it, I mean, I kind of in the back of my mind thought that, all right, well, this is probably going to happen. Um, and why it makes sense. A lot of people are saying, well, he's leaving to go coach linebackers in Michigan. This is a lateral move. This doesn't make sense. Well, again, money talks. And Sharon Moore, the new head coach at Michigan, who has coached with Brian John Marie before, they are friends. Um, Wink Martindale, he, that is his defensive coordinator. Of course, tons and tons of NFL prowess. Um, I think that was appealing for Brian John Marie. But also, if you're going to lure somebody away to take a lateral move, you best have your incentives to back you up. And I think that's what Michigan was. Keep in mind, you know, Sheryl Moore is taking a ginormous pay cut to be the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. And so, sure, not every not every you know equation is the same, but you would think that there's some leftover money there to go build you a staff that you can be successful, and that's kind of what he's doing there. Why it also makes sense to me is because Brian John Marie spent time in Ann Arbor prior to coming to Tennessee. Um, he coached a couple of different NFL draft picks. He had a lot of success coaching the linebackers uh, at Michigan before coming and being a part of Tim Banks' defense and Josh Heupel's inaugural staff. So all that makes some sense to me. And, you know, you want to move up and be a defensive coordinator. You want to continue to move up in the ranks. But at the end of the day, if somebody offers me a job to go and do what I do every single day and offers me more money and things check out and I'm familiar and I know the people and I know the situation and I know the scenery, you know, money's not everything, but I'm probably going to take that job, even though it would be considered a lateral move. But if I'm incentivized to do it, then I would kind of be crazy not to do it. So it doesn't shock me that Brian John Marie is taking this job, but it is kind of a loss in my opinion. And again, that, that losing assistant coaches, grand scheme of thing it's the the world's not falling down you're not losing a play caller you're not losing a head coach you're not losing a coordinator i recognize that but you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with and, and brian john marie was was a good guy to have on staff in my opinion we talked about how he inherited by the way juan mitchell juan mitchell juan mitchell couldn't think of his name yesterday juan mitchell 
Um, <laughs> we talked about how he inherited just a dumpster fire. Josh Heupel did in the entire program, but really Brian John Marie at the linebacker position in 2021 and how he manufactured results and manufactured um, really productive players throughout his three seasons here at Tennessee at the linebacker position, despite not having the depth of the quality of rooms. You look around the SEC and, of course, college football, depth wasn't there. Um, high-end talent wasn't there all the time, but he played young guys. They got experience. He built a little bit of a rotation. Jeremy Banks was a lot of things, but he was also a really, really good football player, especially in 2021, really productive. Now, managing all the personalities that have been in that in that linebacker room and making it work too, incredible. Juwan Mitchell, Jeremy Banks, two guys that are very, very challenging to manage. And Brian John Marie made that work. Um, and again, I, I, I talked on yesterday's show about how uh, he's a good coach, but also he was a willing recruiter. And I think personally that's something that is lacking on this staff. I don't think that there's enough willing recruiters. Um, I've said this before and I'll continue to saying it, you know, until it kind of changes. Brian John Marie and Jerry Mack were two willing recruiters. I wouldn't say that they were all star recruiters, but they were two of the best recruiters on staff for Tennessee football. And in the last week, you've lost both of those. So again, I think this is more than just losing a linebacker coach. That does not mean that Tennessee is going to go four and eight next year. I mean, that doesn't mean Tennessee is going to go seven and five next year. I'm just saying this is a loss and it's okay to recognize that. Now, the direction that Tennessee is going to go when trying to fill this role is going to be interesting. A lot of people are saying, well, just promote Chop, LeBron Harbin, who's an off-the-field assistant, who's been with Rodney Garner for years, who's a defensive line specialist who helps out in that regard and uh, who is really great behind the scenes. Talk about willing recruiters. Chop, Coach Chop, you probably heard his name referenced several times. He gets it done behind the scenes. Huge part of what Tennessee does recruiting. But also, he's been an on-the-field coach coach several times throughout his career. And I would, I would assume that he has aspirations of being back on the field as well. So a lot of people are just saying, well, move Mike Eckler to linebackers, which he's had a lot of experience coaching in the past, and then have Coach Chop coach the Leos, which is kind of what he helps out with anyway. And that would make a whole lot of sense. It does not appear that that's going to be the case, though, that internal move, if you will. Uh, Mike Eckler, though he helps out on the defensive line, he's technically the quote-unquote outside linebackers coach, which would be the Leos. Um, Rodney Garner runs that whole group. Chop helps a lot as well, and so does Mike Eckler. But Mike Eckler is a special teams coordinator, and again, it's often it's the forgotten third of the game. Boy, Tennessee's special teams have been great under Mike Eckler. Kickoff coverage, punt coverage, um, returners, punt return, kick return. I mean, Tennessee's been really, really good in special teams under Mike Eckler, and it's more than just having a good punter and a good kicker. And Mike Eckler's done a really, really good job in that regard, so I don't think that Josh Heupel wants to put more responsibility with what that move would entail. Now, what does that mean? Could Coach Chop slot over and coach linebackers? I'm sure he's coached linebackers in the past. I don't know. Um, Tim Banks, I know, is going to be heavy, heavily influenced in this hire. I'm not going to say that it's Tim Banks' hire because Josh Heupel will have the final say-so. It's his staff. But Tim Banks is going to be interviewing. He's going to be looking and scouting and trying to fill this role. Um Tim Banks has also been to, to, to several different stops. He's coached in several different conferences. He knows a lot of people. And so I'm intrigued to see kind of what those names are going to be that start circulating in terms of, you know, leading candidate for Tennessee linebacker job or this guy gets an interview here or whatnot. 
I'll be interested to see what the, all that kind of looks like. What I do know is Tim Banks is going to be very, very big in this hire. Very big in this hire. Josh Heupel will, of course, sign off on it. Josh Heupel will have the final say. I don't think at this time that Mike Eckler is going to slide to linebackers and chop to Leo's. Um, could chop coach linebackers? I don't know. I'll be interested. And if you go and bring somebody from the outside to coach linebackers, does Chop get fed up and want to leave? I don't know. I know he's well compensated for his off the field role, but again, you you want to be you want to be a, a, an established coach on staff. And so I'm intrigued to see what all this looks like. But here we go again, man. This late carousel. We entered the we entered the week we're, ended last week with Tennessee having all of its assistant coaches retained, and. Again, a testament to Josh Heupel. It's a good work environment. It's a good place here in East Tennessee, good place, University of Knoxville. But Jerry Mack wants to move on and go to the NFL. Brian Jean-Marie wants to move on and go back to Ann Arbor. Um, Tennessee's lost two pretty valuable assistants. Again, again, it's not the end of the world. I would say that Brian Jean-Marie is much more valuable than, than Jerry Mack, in my opinion, and that's no disrespect to Jerry Mack. But Tennessee now has two holes to fill, and spring practice is right around the corner. So I expect these uh, holes to be filled pretty quickly, and uh, we will see what happens. But I, I think this loss of Ryan John Marie, and I hate to start the show on a Debbie Downer here. It's not the end of the world. I'm not trying to make it out to be, but I do think this is more than just losing your linebackers coach. I think this is a big loss, and uh, we'll see the direction that Tennessee has to go fill it. I mean, Again, Nick Saban retires. Kellen DeBoer leaves a college football playoff team, takes over Alabama. Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL. You have the Arizona coach going to Washington now. Chip Kelly leaving to go be a coordinator at Ohio State. Georgia State head coach Sean Elliott leaving two days into spring practice to go and be the Titans coach back at South Carolina. Goodness gracious. People like me, always something to talk about. But, I mean, it's... It's getting wild out there. College football is getting wild. Hey, when we return, EA Sports Football 2025 released the trailer. So it got me thinking, who would be Tennessee's highest rated players? I want to ask you guys your input as well. All that and more coming up next on Lockdown Vaults. Stay tuned. More on a Friday show. Get buckets with your first bet at FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book right now. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all the favorite NBA players with teams like uh, all the... All your favorite NBA players on teams over at FanDuel Sportsbook where you can go to quick bets, live, same-game parlays, exclusive props, and a whole lot more. Not only the NBA right now, but college basketball is happening. Baseball, spring training has started. Pitchers and catchers reported on Valentine's Day. Uh, start of spring, the start of uh, Major League Baseball season is right around the corner. Uh, football is going to be here before you know it, and you can get every single sport over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot. FanDuel, it's official sportsbook partner of the NBA. More of Locked On Vols here on a Friday when we return. All right. Fun, fun segment approaching. So I know you guys saw it. I know you guys saw the NCAA football 2025. NCAA football 25, I guess what, you, what we call it. It's been forever. I mean, NCAA's 2014 was the last game that was made, I think. Um, it's been a minute. But I know you guys all saw the trailer. And I know some of you guys listening right now are, um, you know, might be in the older demographic and might not have played those games. But I'll tell you what, if your kids, if your if your sons and your grandsons were into sports or into football, they played this game growing up. I played this game growing up. And so I think it's something interesting to talk about. It's been long overdue. Of course, they had to end doing the game because of, you know, it's – it's not fair to these players. These players need a piece of the pie, right? Name, image, likeness now coming in. And that was one of the biggest focal points in 2021 was the return of NC Dubs, NCAA football. 
Well, it appears, because EA Sports put out an official trailer, that it is going to return this summer. It says, coming this summer, 2024, and a full reveal of the new, sh of the new game is going to be in May. So it got me thinking. If we lined up NCAA Football 25 right now, and I pick Tennessee Volunteers to play the Florida Gators or whatever, all right, and I go to my roster, who would be the highest-rated player? Hendon Hooker is no longer here. Joe Milton's no longer here. Jalen Hyatt's not here. Cedric Tillman's not here. Byron Young's not here. You just lost Jalen Wright. Jabari Small's gone. Um, there's been a lot of really productive players that are no longer in your program. So entering the 2024 season on this roster, who would be Tennessee's highest rated player? And what would that rating be? Everybody's probably sitting here saying, Nico, Nico. And, and he would come in with a high rating just because of where he was in the recruiting process. Uh, number one overall player in the country. Five-star according to on three. Um, and, and he's up there. And he's probably my second highest rated player. But to me, the highest rated player on Tennessee's roster for NCAA 25, NCAA football 25, it's got to be James Pierce. James Pierce was a human wrecking ball this year. Um, leaders amongst the SEC in sacks. Um, pick six in the Citrus Bowl. A forced fumble whenever um, Iowa was you know, trying to uh, trying to score there. Uh, he was incredible. And James Pierce, in my opinion, and you know me, I, you know, even when I do my grades after games, always I have kind of a, a stout grading scale, I guess. But I mean, James Pierce is easily at 95 rating for me. He's not 99. He's not J.J. Watt. He's not, you know, Herschel Walker. I know it's a different position. Um, but I think James Pierce will probably enter this season on the roster at an, at an overall rating of 95 because of his explosiveness, his production, his length. Um, as he continues to get weight, he'll even be a more of a force. Let me know if you disagree, but I think James Pierce would be the highest-rated Tennessee volunteer, and I think his grade, his rating would be at 95. Now, I will go down to Nico, and I think Nico would have come would have came in with a, with a pretty high rating anyway. And he didn't play an awful lot as a freshman, but his one start, he didn't make mistakes. Sure, he didn't wow anybody through the air, but you were playing up against a pretty stout defense in Iowa's defense that makes a habit of confusing quarterbacks. By the way, if you haven't read CBS Sports, it's Tom Fernelli's a love piece on Nico Imaliava that came out on Valentine's Day. Um, you, sh you should go read that. Uh, he is buying into the hype of Nico Imaliava, kind of centered in the stage of the controversy of Tennessee versus the NCAA, and he wanted to say, well, what's all the fuss is about? He went back, checked the tape of Tennessee's uh, uh, Citrus Bowl win, looked at every single snap from uh, Nico Imaliava, and he said, hey, count me in as a believer. He's worth the hype. So I think Nico, because he put on such a show in the Citrus Bowl, and because of his ability to get outside the pocket, extend plays, score rushing touchdowns and all that, uh, and just his mechanics, you can just see it. I think Nico would come in probably at about a 91 or 92. We'll say 91. We'll say 91. I think Nico would be at 91. Tell me if you agree. And granted, again, he hasn't proven anything yet. But for those of us who have played video games, and I'm not that huge of a gamer, but you know, these rookies will come in and they'll have a high rating just on what they did in college. Let's go down the list here. I'm not sure. I mean, I had Nico at 91 overall. I had James Pierce at 95. And really, that's kind of where I stopped because I think those two are the easily the highest rated players. Now, some other players who I think would be kind of up there, but I don't think anybody else is going to be in the 90s. Correct me if I'm wrong. Let's go Brew McCoy. Brew McCoy, former five-star prospect. Brew McCoy, formerly of USC, 
Brew McCoy had a solid 2022 season for Tennessee, got hurt in 2023. He's never gone off stat-wise, but I think we can all agree that he's a pretty good player. But I wouldn't put Brew McCoy anywhere over like an 87. I think Brew McCoy would be an overall rating of an 87. Good hands, good enough speed, good blocker. I would go Brew McCoy 87. The Squirrel White. Squirrel White will get docked because of his small stature, in my opinion. But you saw him make some plays this year. You saw him lead Tennessee and be the leading receiver by a wide margin over Mel Keaton. Mel Keaton had more touchdowns, but Squirrel White had double the amount of receptions. Squirrel White being one of the fastest guys on the field. He'd have one of those little speed icons next to his name as well. I think Squirrel White would be at an 87 as well uh, because, again, he leads Tennessee's Tennessee's team. What about Dylan Sampson? Dylan Sampson came on. He was second fiddle, third fiddle at times. He's moving in an RB1 position, but he's shown enough, in my opinion, to get a respectable grade. I think Dylan Sampson would be somewhere around there at about 87, 88. Give me Dylan Sampson at 87 as well. Lance Hurd. This one's interesting. Former five-star, offensive lineman, left tackle, okay? Didn't play an awful lot as a freshman, but he also had some all-conference guys in front of him. Transfers to Tennessee. I think Lance Hurd's going to be about a 90. Give me Lance Hurd at a 90. Maybe that's too high. I recognize that that's too high, but the reason he didn't play as a true freshman it's not because he stinks. I think it's because you had good guys in front of him. And, and still remember, it's so difficult to come in and play as true freshmen. We've seen it in years past, and I get it. A little bit of the quarterback position, I get it. But, I mean, especially at offensive tackle, where you're going up against 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds in high school, and you're just whipping tail. And, and though you might look the part, you go to college and you're going up against 22. Right now, some 23-year-olds because of COVID seniors. It's a big difference. But I still think Lance Hurd's rating would be up there at about 90. So give me Lance Hurd at 90. And then my final one that I want to talk about on offense would be Cooper Mays. Cooper Mays, short in stature, smaller compared to most offensive linemen, the typical offensive linemen. But really at the center position, he's not really undersized much anymore. Um, I think Cooper Mays would have a solid rating at about 86. I think, I think that's a really good rating for Cooper Mays to start out on the NCAA football game. So with a smooth defense, James Pierce is at 95. I'm not coming off that. Heck, he could probably be 96, 97. He was phenomenal. He would be one of the best edge rushers in the game. In fact, let's move him up. Let's move him up to 96. 96. Because who? I'm sure there's a couple other ones out there that are pretty good, but I mean, as far as edge rushers around the country, who are you going to really say is significantly better than James Pierce? Nobody. Nobody. James Pierce to 96. Omar Norman Lott's interesting on the interior of the defensive line. Defensive tackles typically aren't, you know, it's not a huge money guy in the NFL. It's not a huge ratings guy in, in, in terms of prospect rankings whenever you're being recruited. But Omar Norman Lott was five and a half sacks from the interior this year. It's pretty solid. Give me Omar Norman Lott at 89 overall grade. 89 on the defensive front. Keenan Peely is interesting because Keenan Peely was super productive. First of all, he's been in college since 2016. Of course, he had his two-year you know mission and then came back and then had injuries and because of COVID year and all that. I mean, he's been in college for, I make this joke all the time, but he's literally been in college for about a decade. <laughs> um, but Keenan Peely was very, very good in 2021. Then he got hurt. And then he was okay in 23 and then in 22. And then 2023, he played one game and got hurt. He's had two significant injuries in his collegiate career, and he really hasn't been the same player since 2021, 2020 even. 
Give me Keenan Peely at 85, simply because there's a lot of durability at concerns there. I think Keenan Peely's great in the new NCAA football game would be about an 85. And then I, th- I thought about the secondary. I mean, who knows? I mean, the only one that I think I could really I could really rate would be Jermon McCoy because he was a freshman All-American. He came in, played really, really well at a Power 5 school. So give me Jermon McCoy at about an 88, I think is a good grade for him. Young, made mistakes, wasn't perfect. But again, freshman All-American, very productive at the Power 5 landscape. Give me Jermon McCoy at cornerback at a rating of 88. So um, it's kind of difficult. Um, I think these guys would be the highest rated guys on Tennessee's team if NCAA 25, football 25 came out right now. I'm intrigued to see kind of what they are and what they'll be when the game does come out. Maybe I'll have to go and purchase a a game system. I haven't done that since I was in college, really since before college. But anyway, I thought that was a fun uh, topic to hit on with you guys, and I would encourage you guys to let me know, underscore at, uh, at underscore Kaner, at Lockdown Balls. Let me know who you think would be Tennessee's highest-rated player in NCAA football 2025. Hey, when we come back, some names to know in college baseball season as it begins this weekend. That and a whole lot more. It's next on Locked On Balls. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, all your music, all your comedy, and all your theater events in your area. And right now, you can get $20 off if you put in that promo code Locked On. Killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seats, the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy your tickets for every event in your area. You can get a view of your seats. So you know exactly what you're paying for before you actually pay for it. Plus, I got the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and job loss protection. They truly have your back. If you're a procrastinator like me, you know, thinking about buying that plane ticket the night before you leave or, you know, that concert ticket or that game ticket. Game time is the place for you. Plus, they'll even keep the doors open, sell sell tickets to your event an hour after the event has even started. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app today. Put in promo code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We'll conclude a Friday edition of Locked On Balls when we return right here on the show. All right, I want to talk a little college baseball. Talk, been sprinkling in a little college baseball talk here the last week or so because, well, Tennessee's going to have a good baseball team this year. Tennessee was a college World Series baseball team last year. Um, not a lot of people baseball in their thing, but it's something to be proud of here at the University of Tennessee and all everything school. And Tony Vitello is a really, really good skipper. So um, kind of coming into the season, Tennessee again starts at the – the Schroeder's Children's Collegiate Baseball Invitational or show, Showdown or Showcase, whatever it's called. I need to get that down before I leave in the morning. Um, but uh, Tennessee starts against number 21 Texas Tech this weekend. Tennessee's number nine in the country, in case you're wondering. And um, number 21 Texas Tech, and then we'll play Oklahoma on Saturday, and then we'll play Baylor on Sunday. So some pretty stouts, at least on paper, it starts hard against Tech and then gets easier against Oklahoma and then gets easier against Baylor. But it's why you play the game. Um, you know, Oklahoma had a solid season. They were a regional team last year. Baylor had a disappointing season last year looking to bounce back. So we'll see how Tennessee fares. Um, I have complete preview over at VolQuest.com. I talked with Luke Lipsius, former Tennessee first baseman on the Porch Podcast over at VolQuest.com. So if you want baseball coverage through the roof, I encourage you to subscribe to us over at, at, at VolQuest.com. 
and uh, I've got you there. But I'm going to talk a little bit about it here on Lockdown Balls as well. Um, I do want to pull up an article here from Saturday Down South, and it's 20 names to know in SEC baseball entering 2024. So if you follow college baseball and you follow Tennessee baseball, some of these names you're going to be very, very familiar with. First name on the list is Jack Caglione of Florida. You know, power throwing left, uh, you know, left-hander. He's a first baseman. He's really, really good in the box. He had 33 home runs and 90 ribbies last year. On the mound, he's okay. Really struggles with his command, but he's a dynamic player for Florida. Uh, Cody, Colby Shelton, who is, uh, you know, transferring from Alabama over to Florida this year. Tommy White, or Tommy Tanks at LSU. That's a name that you probably heard an awful lot of. Charlie Condone, he was a redshirt freshman last year at Georgia, thought that he would enter the transfer portal when they fired their coach, but nonetheless, he stays at Georgia. NIL is a beautiful thing, am I right? And uh, Charlie Condone is a really, really good player. Ethan Petrie over at South Carolina, shortstop's a good player. And then you get down, of course, you, you've got plenty more names. And, you know, Kendall Diggs at Arkansas is a good one. Hagen Smith at Arkansas. Um Braden Montgomery of Texas A&M, of course, um, he's he's coming over from uh, – he transferred last year. from Was it Mississippi State? I can't remember. Stanford. He came over from Stanford, right? Braden Montgomery, uh, Jonathan Vastine of Vanderbilt, Carter Holden of Vanderbilt, Cam Johnson of LSU, Gavin – I can't say his last name. Obviously, I don't know that name – uh, Kerry Jackson of Missouri, Wes Johnson of Georgia, Rob Vaughn of Alabama, Dave Van Horn of Arkansas. <laughs> of course, he's the manager. I don't know why you have to throw his uh, throw his name on there. But anyway, uh, they do list three Tennessee names on this list. Drew Beam. That's what he has to say about Drew Beam. Chase Burns and Chase Dolander were more highly touted, but Beam was excellent a year ago for Tennessee with a 9-5 record and a 363 ERA. Beam fanned 88 hitters over 84 and a third innings. With Dolander professional baseball and Burns off to Wake Forest, Beam will have to keep UT in the East Hunt this season. He may well do it. Las Vegas thinks it's possible. Tennessee betting sites have the Vols among the favorites to win the College World Series. And as we talked about on yesterday's show, Beam is going to be the Saturday, Saturday night guy to begin the season with A.J. Russell on Friday. And uh, I think at least for this weekend, it's going to be Xander Seacrest, I've been told, on Sunday. So, again, Drew Beam, QB1. We heard his name over the last couple of years, contract year for him, draft year for him. Let's see what he can do, but I would agree. The conversation with Tennessee starts with Drew Beam just over what he's done in years past. He's, and last year in the postseason, he was phenomenal, just absolutely phenomenal. Two more names on the list the, in, in regards to Tennessee. Christian Moore. This is, what the, this is what it says over on Saturday Down South about Christian Moore. A season ago, Tennessee had a versatile offensive murderer's row on offense, but graduation the MLB draft entry have narrowed the group. Moore, a second baseman, is probably the top bat left. I would agree with that. The junior hit 304 with 17 home runs a season ago while also stealing 16 bases. A 25-25 type season is possible in 2024. Yeah, I would agree with that. It meant Simo's good. And he's going to start the season off playing shortstop because, of course, the injury situations that we talked about with Ariel Antigua, Alex Perry, Dean Curley. I expect Tennessee's opening day shortstop to be Christian Moore and then Bradkey Lowry at second base. So Simo 100% needs to be in this conversation over names you should know in the SEC because I think he's Tennessee's best player. And then you move on to who could be Tennessee's best player. Billy Amick, transfer from Clemson. Quote, 
But don't feel too bad for the Vols because they nabbed Clemson transfer Billy Amick. All he did last year in the ACC last season was hit 413, 13 homers, 63 ribbies in just 46 games. Amick is the son of NASCAR driver uh, Lyndon Amick and will play third base in Knoxville. Yeah, Billy Amick's a stud. An absolute stud. Got versatility to his game, can play first base if needed, but he's going to be a third baseman. He's going to be among the leaders in Southeastern Conference at the plate this year. I can promise you that. Um, again, the lineup is not a question for Tennessee. They've got bats galore. It's the pitching, and, and we'll learn more about that as we continue on through opening day and, of course, through the first couple weeks of the season. Is there a name that was left off this list that should be on this list? Yes, there is. One other name I think that should have been on this list, and it's fellow transfer Cannon Peebles from NC State. Uh, caught nine games, but DH like 39 games for the Wolfpack last year. Um, all freshman ACC, really, really good player. Um, you know, led the Wolfpack, I think, with like a batting average or something. I don't know. He really, really good. Ate in the pizza series last weekend. He was just scorching Tennessee pitching. So behind the plate, he won't catch every single game, but his bat will be a regular in that lineup. I think Cannon Peebles should have been on this list as well. So anyway, that is going to do it. Uh, some names to look out for in SEC baseball. I thought it was fitting because today is opening day. Tennessee will take on Texas Tech tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern time. If you want to watch it, you got to download a subscription to Flow Baseball, but you can listen for free at utsports.com. Of course, I'll have all the coverage over at VolQuest.com. We will talk about Tennessee baseball. It's opening weekend from Arlington at Globe Life Field on Monday's show. And, of course, we'll talk Tennessee uh, Vanderbilt recap. Tennessee, of course, got a big win on the road. Just scorched Arkansas. Tennessee's kind of rolling. News and notes from Tennessee and an updated from the NCAA investigation. Uh, Tennessee needs a running back coach. Tennessee needs a linebackers coach. We'll continue uh, to break all that down and cover that on Monday's show when we get back. All right, guys, appreciate you as always. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you again on Monday. This is Lockdown Balls. Balls.